Cash Call, everybody, back again for another week. Uh, and you know what? My co-host Brian Curtis has decided to don a wig and a big smile and just change up his look entirely. That is not the case. This is actually one of my excellent trainers for my company, Smart Inside Sales, Lori Harris, who I'd like to introduce to all of you, who is going to be my co-host for today. And for those of you who don't know, Lori is a kick-ass longtime salesperson who is currently an ISA on a KW team in Texas and one of our rock star trainers who works internally for our training and coaching company, Smart Inside Sales. Uh, so Lori, why don't you say hello to the Cash Call crowd? Hello, or should I say howdy, since I'm coming howdy. at you from Austin, Texas. It's a, it's a big howdy to it's everybody. It's a big howdy to everybody. Yeah. I'm super excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the Cash Call, always have been. I'm gonna put you on the spot, Lori. Why should you be here? Lori, tell these people why you should be here and why they should be amazed and blown away that you are here today talking to them. You should be amazed and blown away because that I'm here and talking to you because I can't even tell you the impact that the training that, that I get from Smart Inside Sales, the insight I have gotten from Cash Call has taken my business to the next level. Like, I love what I do. I can't wait to pick up the phone and talk to people. I get excited when I hear an objection. Like... I can't wait to find out what I can find out about them. I can't wait to feed them back what they want. I can't wait to do all of it. And also, I have been able to successfully use these tools in my personal life. I always tell the people I train, this doesn't stop at real estate. This is like, if you want to have better conversations with everybody, you know, it's just, I'm not really blowing smoke up your ass. I mean this. This is the nice. truth. Look at my numbers with my team. There we go. That's fantastic. Right from Lori. So everybody listening, that's why I brought Lori on today. And the fact that Brian was out of town uh, also helped. Uh, but I did want to bring Lori on today. And because you're an example of the training that we do, and because you do the training for us, for our clients, um, I think that you have, uh, you know, it gives you a front of the line, right? The on the on the bleeding edge, the uh, you know what do they say in in war? It's the, the the active front or whatever, right? So you're on the front lines. You're on the front lines every day. You're listening to what these people are saying and what they're doing. And so, Lori, what uh, I'd like to hear from you, uh, do you have any kind of uh, commonalities among things that you see when you first start teaching our strategies and techniques to the clients that come in? Like, what mistakes are there? Common mistakes they're making or common errors they have in their own thinking that you have to sort out for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I experienced it myself. Um, some of the basics that we teach with the training, um, just learning how to do an intro that makes sense. And some of the psychology behind why we mirror and match and how we are succinct and we want to be economical and we want to steer and direct, you know, and we want to not waste time. So all of that, over time became clear to me initially when I was like, oh, you want me to say an intro a certain way? Well, I'm going to just insert my personality because I'm not you and I'm not a robot. And then every time I tried to, you know, jazz it up, it just got weird again. Yeah. I just kept defaulting to weird until I got disciplined enough to, you know, just say it the right way. And now it's totally natural. It makes every conversation go further. And what I recognize with a lot of the clients that we train, they have the same hurdle to overcome too. 
Yeah. You know, what's funny is I'm reading this book and I'm actually going to, so I'm going to be speaking at FubCon, which is coming up in November. Um, and I'm actually, we're going to be doing a booth there. Um, so we'll be, we'll be live at FubCon for anybody who's listening to Cash Call right now. You should go to FubCon, which is the follow-up boss, uh, first national event for follow-up boss. They've done, we've done some small regional ones. It's going to be the first big national one. And you can go to FubCon.com and check that out. You should definitely buy tickets to that. I'm going to be speaking, Tom Ferry's going to be speaking, John Cheplak's going to be speaking, a bunch of other uh, really heavy hitters are going to be there and speaking. So I, I recommend that you guys go. Uh, the point, though, is that I'm reading this new book um, that I'm going to recommend here, and I'm actually going to be incorporating it into part of my uh, uh, presentation, and I have to find the name of the book. But it really goes along with what you were saying, uh, Lori, about wanting to make it your own. Uh, Thinking in Bets, Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. And basically, she's a exceptionally intelligent person, like science-y kind of person who has lots of degrees and things, but also uh, had a career change and decided in early in her life that she was going to become a professional poker player and then became very successful at being a professional poker player. And anyway, she talked about a uh, concept like a, a uh, human... Th- you can tell I'm not a sciencey guy. A human thought <laughs> pattern or principle uh, about like um, where you have a uh, it's like a result. They call it resulting in poker, right? It, and so what you do is you say, oh, uh, even though I try to make decisions based on good information or training, uh, whatever the result is, whether it was good or bad, I initially attribute it directly to. Uh, that thinking process that I went through. The problem is, is that the results in a chance-based environment, like what sales is, right? So I can say the same thing to 10 different people, right? Who have 10 different scenarios, and I don't know whether it's going to turn out the right way or not. But it may turn out the right way. The thing is, if I say the consistent thing to enough people in the same situation over again, I then start to get some measure of consistency. So what the principle she's talking about, and I didn't describe it very well, but basically is the thing that you deal with when you have new people who come in and they're like, oh, I'm going to make it mine, right? And I'm going to take what you did and I'll try that first, but that didn't work with that first person. So now I'll change it a little bit and make it mine and I'll stick something in here. And and then, oh, I got a better result this time. Okay, great. So I should keep making it like myself, but then I failed a couple more times. And you're just like all over the place with how you should do things. Yeah. So when they come to us, it's like, hey, Here's a best practice. Just do it like this. Just do it like this this until you can do it like this enough that you can read and respond in real time to who that person is and what they're saying and how they're saying it. And then you can start to pivot instead of trying to be Picasso and come out of the gate with your own creativity. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I used to think that I would just follow my gut until somebody in this training said, don't follow your gut. (laughs) You have made a systematic approach that you have habits that, you know, work and you do them over and over again. And then that becomes your gut. But you can't do it till that becomes your gut. So I tell all of the agents I work with, don't follow your gut when it comes to follow up, when it comes to time block, when it comes to doing the things you know you have to do. Yes. Don't pick and choose. Just do it. Yeah. You know, early in my career, I was in a coaching program uh, and that's what they said. They were like, stop thinking. You're not smart. You're not paid to think. You're here to do what we tell you to do. 
Just do what we tell you to do and you'll get paid. You're not going to get paid thinking, okay? And so I did what they told me to do and it, and it worked and I got paid. You know, the pro only problem is that they were very outdated in what they said and how they said it and they never updated themselves and people have moved on. You know, women have the right to vote now and, you know, things like that. So you kind of have to progress in your thinking, right, Lori? You have to, you have to update with the times. That took a minute. That took a minute for it to Dude, register. I thought you were going way far off the, the reservation for a minute. but Listen, you got if you're going to stand in for Brian Curtis, you got to step up your reception to these jokes, right? <laughs> if the dry humor talks about women are now allowed to vote, I'm saying <laughs> that uh, it's I a I was about to start having some technical difficulties. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, but they didn't, they didn't uh, change. They didn't want to change their style. They were like, nope, this is the way we do it no matter what. So there is a little bit of like, you, you do have to change with the times. You set your pattern. Does the pattern work? Does the pattern work the most, uh, you know, most of the time? If it does, great. Keep doing it. If the conditions change, right, the market changes, the sentiment changes. They let women vote. Uh, you know, you've got to change. There we go. You got it faster. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. The, you know, you've got to change with what you're doing. You, you have to, you can't just always stay stuck there. So I think that that's something that, you know, we're honestly going to have to start introducing in, in our training as well. But it's something that we do try to stay ahead of. So for instance, like when coronavirus happened and a lot of agents couldn't sell real estate, a lot of people got shut down for a while, our messaging almost entirely changed what we were training. And in fact, we were really, it, it was no more like, hey, can I come sit on your couch and talk about listing your house? No, you can't sit on my couch and talk about listing my house, right? Uh, and in fact, we can't even talk about people walking through my house in order to decide whether to buy it or not. So that really changed everything for a little while. Yeah, it sure did. And those yeah. who could pivot and stay dedicated made it. Yes, exactly. So um, I think I've pontificated enough, Lori, and introduced you and made you know, decent amount of dry jokes. I know that you have a call for us to listen to today. Yes, yes I'm okay. super excited about this call. This is an ISA on a team I've been working with for about 11 weeks. Nice. And I believe it's going to bring a tear to your eye. And so do this, set this up for people. Um, where would you say this ISA's skills were when you first started working with him? He was one of those sweethearts, you know, just like, a guy that could get anybody to talk to him, but he was all over the map. You know, he would have really long conversations, but they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the outcomes and he would find that he'd spend an hour or something. Um, and then there was not an appointment, <laughs> you know, there was a great wow. rapport. Um, he also, you know, is just somebody who's hungry to learn and no more and no more and no more. He's the first one to log into every session. He's the first to raise his hand to role play. And, you know, it's an interesting scenario. He is um, in a family team. So there, his wife is an agent and her mom is an agent and her, so his mother-in-law and his father-in-law and his wife and he are this group. Um, Wow. So it's a tight knit thing. They are each other's biggest champions and they're each other's best critics and they have adorable little babies and they bring them onto the Zoom sometimes. And they just told me recently they felt like I was part of the family. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. All right. Well, let's hear what the guy has to say. 
Okay, so I'm going to share my screen. I just fixed the chat, by the way. Chat was disabled again. I honestly, guys, uh, my tech people have looked at it. I've looked at it. I cannot figure out why the stupid chat is always muted. Okay, so I'm going to. Is there like a share sound? Share sound. There it is. Okay. So this is a 20 minute call. So I'm fast forwarding to 1152 where we're talking about this person who's very engaged and very um, indicating that she's a buyer and they're starting to talk about, do you have an agent? Okay. Speaking of, you know, when it comes to, you know, choosing realtor or working with somebody, I mean, what's important to you about that? Um, I guess the thing for me is hearing what we say and and what we're looking for because I've watched too many of the HGTV shows where they go out and say, we want this, this, and this, and the realtor goes, well, I think you need this, this, and this. And no, we're we're 60 years old. We know what we want right. and what we don't want, and, and that's really pretty much it. I mean, we're, we're pretty easygoing. Um, my husband will go out on a limb further than I will. I want something pretty turnkey because I know he's not handy in things. Um, All right. So yeah, for me, the biggest thing is probably communication, and and making sure that you understand what we're looking for. Gotcha. Okay. So being heard, understanding, listening. Uh, what else would you say is important to you? Price right. and neighborhood. Price and neighborhood. HOA. I'm very concerned about HOAs because in Arrowhead Ranch, I pay $180 twice a year, and I know that is an incredible. Okay. So. Good. I thought I'd stop here and see how that's making you feel, Dale. Yeah, no, he's doing great. He's really doing a great job unpacking this person. Just even him by him asking those questions. What are you looking for in an agent? And then what else is important to you? She already feels by describing it to him. She already feels like he's going to provide that to her or his company's going to provide that to her. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty Good. incredible. And then what does he do? Uh, does he does he go on to then close her or do a value statement to her or anything yes. like that? Yes, okay. he does. I'll speed it up a little. Incredibly great HOA. And I know there are some people that pay up to $200 or more. I don't want to get stuck into a huge expensive HOA, but I'm not opposed to an HOA. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, it does, definitely. So you want to make sure, you know, that the price is worth it and that they're going to be doing something. Um, well, and they're going to keep the neighborhood up. Right. Um, right. And, and that's I love about Arrowhead Ranch is... 90% of the time that the whole Laura, area is 50. Just hit pause, Lori. So I want to just let everybody know listening to this, what Lori and I are now listening for is does this guy take the value statements that this person gave him about what they want and does he spin it back to her, position his company or himself or his agents as the people who are going to fulfill that for uh, her? And if he doesn't, then we continue working on that with him. But if he does, then we all win an award and, uh, you know, we have cake. Okay. We'll keep going. Let's see what he does. In great shape. The people are right. made to be accountable to take care of the property. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, right. I don't want to ever live next door to my sister and her husband. I have 52 cars out front and no, mm, I don't want a yeah. shade tree mechanic living next door. It's just not what I want. Right, 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 right. Yep, I hear you. But, but and one of the, as far as homes, along with price, one story is the other thing. We're getting to that age, like, now what do I do? But luckily, my. This is why it's. Already to move in, so it works for us. Yeah, I'm trying right. to get it that is good. a That's little bit fast it's forward. Really sad sometimes. 
it, it's hard. And, it's and hard. Obviously, so this is the guy that gets people to talk to him forever. Oh my God, I can see why. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find it, that pitch and close. Hit pause. Let's just talk about that. So, um, you know what I'll do for everybody listening here? We'll just say, here's what we're looking for. We didn't quite find it in the recording. But basically, uh, you know, she said that uh, she wanted a real estate agent that listens to her, uh, you know, doesn't waste her time with stuff she's not looking for. Or it, more what I'd say is someone that uh, listens to her and someone who uh, considers her opinion and doesn't ignore it, right? That was implied and not necessarily stated, but she did it in the example that she gave. And then just price and thing like that. So so if I get that from Lori, right? Let's say that I say, Lori, what's important to you about the agent that you choose or whatever it is, and I'm gonna stop your sharing. You know, and you tell me those things, then I'm gonna to go to close you. And I'm gonna say, wow, Lori, you know what that, I totally agree. My company and I, we really put our clients first. And what we ultimately care about is truly listening to you and and considering where you want to be and the fact that you probably know better than we do and helping you ultimately get where you want to be and in your perfect situation for the right price uh, and that's really what we highly value here and that's why you should come and buy a house through me right so um right Lori so that's what we do we take those things we spin them back to you we make it sound amazing and you're like oh my god that's totally what I want uh, how did you know and and you're like because you just told me because I asked you <laughs> I said it really nicely back to you yeah yeah isn't that funny when you tell people what they want and they say yes I want that because they just <laughs> told you what they wanted Right, exactly and um I just find it so funny so I was talking about the coaching company that we uh that I was with when I first started in sales, who has is antiquated and does not do any of that stuff. That company instead wants to tell you what you should want and tells you that you should come to us to get it. Here's what you should want and this is where you should come to get it. And we're gonna do, a, a, you know, we're gonna give you exactly what you're asking for and what you need, whether you know it or not. And if you don't do that, then you're stupid, right? Like that's how they approach scripting. And that's just like old school sales stuff, like before women could vote. Um, it's just terrible stuff and it's stupid. So um, that's what we do here, right, Lori? And that's, I think, what you enjoy being able to deliver to people. <clears throat> for sure, for sure. It's so satisfying to see it, you know, and role play is one thing. Uh, people get nervous or they they explain why they mess up and we start over and it just, you know, when it translates to the real world and they say it just as if it's so natural, it's really makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it makes a huge difference. And you mentioned like the role play yeah role play is is pretend right role play is pretend and then when we're doing these call reviews like we do call reviews with our clients and in fact i try to push the trainers to do more call review with their clients although it's hard to get people to do it frankly but lori like isn't it so impactful when you can actually listen to somebody's calls and <clears throat> And for us, it's so fulfilling to hear the training come through the call when they finally do get it. But it's also really impactful to be able to play it for the for the uh, student, the agent or I say that we're working with, and be like, hey, remember all that stuff we practiced and you did so good? You didn't do any of that shit in this call. This is where you're supposed to, you didn't do any of it. You did the opposite, right? You went back to making it your own. Stop doing that. Um, I know right. one of the big things we get out of a call review and training is that, you know, by the time I finish listening to it all, I listen to them before our sessions with those people smart enough to upload them a day or two in advance. I'm ready. 
And I, we, I am coaching them on, okay, here, you're going to call this person tomorrow and you're going to say, oh my gosh, you were the first person I thought of. And you're going to have this, this, and the other thing, because a lot of times we don't know, they don't know where they're going to go next after the phone call is over. So it's really productive to be able to troubleshoot. And then by the next time we meet, I get to have new information on what happened with that lead. I've been watching things really progress on a one-to-one basis. Yeah, that makes a huge difference and it's really fulfilling. Um, you know, it's funny as uh, you know, I can reveal this to the audience that we do in our in our company. Lori, what do we do if we say, hey, we're going to have a, a, a call review session team uh, and people show up and they don't have any calls? What do we do, Lori? Well, we put them on the spot. We mm-hmm. stop the clock. We make them share their screen, open their CRM. And the worst part is they have to just pick the last call that was recorded. They don't even get to be in charge of which call it is. Yeah, we should call that Russian roulette. You're like, all right, I don't have any uploads. Guess what? It's Russian roulette time. Yeah, and you're holding up everybody till you cough it up. Yeah, exactly. So for my team leaders listening out there, start employing that stuff. For my sales managers listening out there, do you know where all these strategies came from? It came from having to run and manage salespeople. And it came from knowing that whether or not I got a paycheck as a sales manager or sales director was dire- or continued getting one, was directly tied to whether these people made sales. And I know that if these people aren't making sales, I need to hear what the hell they're doing, right? And I need to read what they're writing and what they're texting and hear what they're saying on these calls um, and whether or not they're having enough conversations with people. So that's where all these techniques came from. And so I just, I love that. I love being able to do that, right? You're like, all right, no BS. I don't have any calls. Share your screen. Let's look at the CRM. Yeah. And if you're not using a CRM that records, by the way, another shameless plug for follow-up boss, uh, you should do a two-week trial of follow-up boss and get your people in there, get yourself in there, get your own calls recorded. Um, in my experience, the best CRM there is, is follow-up boss. Um, and so we use it and we promote it to a lot of people. Okay. We also, and you, and you get our training as a result. For sure. I, I love the call recording for so many different reasons. I worked for a company for a long time that one of our basic things was inspect what you expect. Yeah. If you can't go back and listen to yourself and confirm that you're doing everything that you think you're doing, um, then how do you know what reality is? I mean, I remember my very first training session that I had with my very first client through this job and somebody didn't watch my uh, video uh, to tell me what I did right or wrong. I watched it myself first and I noticed that I totally screwed up like I forgot one part of the intro something like major and I was horrified but it gave me the opportunity to go back and say this is why call review is so important we got to go back see what I thought I was doing great but I missed it I missed something and then I caught it and I corrected myself and I've never made that mistake again that's excellent and really should have a talk with your manager and get them yeah I mean he's busy busy. (laughs) he's busy uh, for anybody listening, that happens to be me, who's doing a poor trainer management job. It's in- so much better now. That was a long time ago. Long time ago, yes. Uh, it's all be, be uh, past us, uh, water under the bridge. Um, but everybody listening, great. So we are at the top of the hour. Does anybody have any questions for an, an experienced, absolute killer ISA, Lori Harris, who's come to be a co-host with me today? If you have any questions for her, why don't you chat them in? 
um, you know, like maybe what anything you want to know, ISAs, converting leads, having conversations, passing them off to agents, booking appointments, hair care tips, where she buys her glasses, anything. If you do, you can put it right in the Q&A. So, so far, how many minutes or hours from Nina Fradel? Hey, Nina Fradel. How many minutes or hours do you spend reviewing trainees' calls? Woo, good question, Nina. Hmm. Okay, I'll answer this one first. Uh, so, for running a sales team, basically, I would have a weekly call review, and I would require my uh, salespeople to submit calls. Um, and, again, even in that real situation, uh, it was tough to get them to submit the calls. And so what then I did is I would have them throughout the week, I would say, hey, you have to, anytime you run into a call where you didn't close it for an appointment or you uh, have an issue making a nurture, I want you to put the call here into this pot, right? <clears throat> and then that usually worked, especially when they wanted help. But then there were times when they didn't want help. And I did the same thing. Um, so to answer your call, Nina, it would be one to two hours per week that I would do. And then if they submitted calls, great. If they didn't submit calls or had calls ready for us to go, then I would do the same thing. I would honestly work backwards and I would go and I'd say, okay, uh, let's listen to the last couple of appointments that you set. And I would know who their appointments were. And we would just go listen to the call and hear what the quality was. Because sometimes even though you've set an appointment, uh, just because you had a good outcome didn't mean you had a good process or didn't mean that you didn't just get lucky, right, when we're talking about poker. So we'd go to listen to those, and then I'd go to the front end, and I'd say, okay, uh, let me listen to some lead conversations that we had that did not result in a nurture or didn't result in an appointment, and I want to hear what happened. So you just investigate those pieces of the process backwards to inspect the line, inspect the assembly line, right? Are the parts coming through the way they're supposed to? Is the quality there? Um, what about you, uh, Lori? Anything to add about minutes or hours reviewing trainees' calls? Well, I'll just take this opportunity to like just pitch it from the perspective. If you were, uh, if I was your trainer and you came to us to become one of our clients, I would dedicate um, time in advance of our weekly sessions that are dedicated to call review. So you can bet that I will have listened to the whole thing and give you really a lot of my people that I train send me their calls throughout the week when we're not meeting, even when it's not a call review session. And I do, I listen to it and I give them bullet point feedback. And so, and I help them figure out what the next logical step is. So from the perspective of like how, how much time do I invest in doing call review with the people I train, like uh, as much as they give me. Okay, great. Um, let me see if I can throw a few of these questions out here. Lena asked, I believe we should uh, notify that calls recorded. Maybe I'm wrong, but if I'll start, but if I'll start from this notification, nobody will talk to me. Lena, you don't have to worry about that. <clears throat> One, uh, if you are in a two-party state, which says that you must, uh, you know, disclose to anyone that you're recording, then yes, you're supposed to disclose. And we have clients that do that. It doesn't screw anything up. It's super easy, and it sounds like this. Ring, ring, Lori. Hello. Hello, Lori. This is Dale Archdeacon from Amazing Realty on a recorded line. How are you today? Great. Great. Lori doesn't even pay attention to the fact that I said I was on a recorded line because she doesn't care. So Lena, they don't care, just move on. They're more concerned with who are you strange salesperson and should I talk to you or get off the phone with you? That's what they're more concerned about than being recorded. 
Um, if you're worried that saying you're recording is going to somehow give away the fact that you're a salesperson, too late. They already know. So just get up, get get past that. Stephen Moore asked, how many tie downs or value statements on average do you coach your ISAs to use before they close for an appointment? You know, Lori, since you're so process oriented, I feel like this is definitely up your alley. So Stephen, I'm going to give you a loose answer and then we'll let Lori give you some kind of concrete answer. So here's what I would say. <clears throat> they don't have to use any kind of tie down and uh, they don't have to necessarily use any kind of value statement before closing if the close is logical if you're trying to if if the during the course of conversation this is what you're always looking for how do i make or take the opportunity to have a logical close in this conversation <clears throat> if i'm conversing with somebody and the close is just logical i don't have to oversell it right if lori's like oh my god i wish an experienced agent would come to my house and tell me what it's worth I don't have to do, well, Lori, what you need is an experienced agent, right? Well, our agents are the most experienced and we can really get you the best value for your property. So can I come see it now and give you a value? Lori would be like, that's a little overselling, don't you think? If that makes sense. Now, if I have no logical close, if, if it's not there, and this usually would be a, a, a scenario where Lori has not given me any signals that it would make sense to meet now, or Lori hasn't revealed any need to me that she would need something that I can then close on. So I have to craft a logical close out of the air. That's when I'm going to start going for tie downs and value statements, right? Hey, Lori, listen, I totally get it. You're just getting the process started. Um, and I, I understand that, you know, making this move is probably important to you, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Really important. And I'm, sure that, I'm sure that you probably want to get the best deal that you can and have the smoothest process possible. Would that make sense? Yeah, that, yeah. Would, that would make a difference. That's what most people want, right? That's that's really what makes sense. Well, most of my clients find it very valuable to them for them to just take five to 10 minutes to sit with us and create a game plan for how they're going to approach that for when the time is ready. Um, we can meet with you, talk about the unique processes that we use, also talk about our buyer advantage program if you did choose to work with us, um, so that you have things to think about uh, before it's time to pull the trigger. Is that something that we could spend five or 10 minutes talking about this week? Yeah, sure. Okay. So now I just crafted value statements and tie downs and stuff out of the, out of the blue in order to make a logical close for myself. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's really important to um, connect with what you're saying about uh, if it's obvious, you don't have to dig any deeper, you know, when it's there for you. Like in one of my sessions, we teach, you know, like what's important to you about that. And, and you know, they tell you, I just want the best price. I want to save money. Then I had a, a trainee say, well, in the role play, what's important to you about saving money? I'm like, no, 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 no. Captain Obvious. We all know why we want more money. Yeah. You need to move on to the next thing. So don't get bogged down by like technicalities of training and going too deep. You know, we just got to know where to go when the time comes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would think just to answer the question more directly, I would say one or two, you know, uh, as long as you can get them to tell you, you don't have to get them to keep telling you more about it. As long as there's enough meat on the bones for you to share your value proposition that your process or whatever it does that you tie in, you know, the two things they want. And then yeah. how they're going to avoid pain by doing that with us, 
yeah. that's a really important kind of back end tie down, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So again, don't make it weird, right? If you're don't vibing, if you're vibing, just lean in for the kiss. Don't don't make it weird. Just do it, okay? Uh, that that would be closing. You don't need tie downs or value statements, right? Um, cool. All right, good stuff, Lori. Thank you so much for joining us. Everybody yeah, say pleasure. thank you, Lori. Lori, please come back again. Lori, uh, we couldn't do this without you, right? All those things in the chat. Lori, thank you so much. Thank you. It was so right. fun. Everybody come back again for another cash call next week. And go to FubCon in November. Yeah. Bye. See you later.